Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And today's guest on our show... Hi, I'm Corbin Smith. I'm a junior sports media major here and I'm glad to be on the show. <laughs> All right. Welcome, Corbin. One of the things when we interview students, we always really love to know how you found Northwest. So could you share the story of that with us? So I grew up in Kansas City, uh, Missouri, and a lot of people down there really know about Northwest. There's a lot of alumni there. So even from elementary school and middle school, I saw the Bearcat Paul everywhere. And I have a lot of friends and their parents always went to Northwest. And fun story, my parents went to Truman State, which was Northeast Missouri State when they went. So big rivalry. They told me never to go to North, uh, never to go to Northwest because they didn't like it. So obviously I didn't listen and now I'm here. <laughs> They did not use the reverse, the, the reverse engineer. What is it called? Reverse, reverse psychology. psychology yeah. ha-ha, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> so when you came to Northwest, did you decide, like, were you already decided on a sports media major? I, I guess. So I knew I wanted to do something with journalism, uh, sports journalism, but I didn't really exactly see that sports media was an option until a couple weeks after my visit here. And so, yeah. I, I knew I wanted to go into college anywhere I went. I wanted to do sports journalism. So I guess I had that mindset already. And you're also not just a sports journalist. You're a participant in sports as well because you're a collegiate athlete as well, right? Yes, sir. I'm on the track team. Did that Was that part of the decision to come to Northwest as well? Was the, the track team or were you going to do that no matter where you went? Um, so I didn't have um, a lot of opportunities to run at a lot of places. Uh, and I'm a hurdler, by the way. Uh, I run 60 hurdles, 110 hurdles, but my specialty is 400 hurdles. And this was the best opportunity for me in terms of competition and uh, education. And I just really felt like I wanted to be here for education. And I finally worked my way to convincing the coach to let me be on the team. So this was just the best choice for me athletically and academically. What have you done in the last year or two because COVID, right? We're, we're mm -hmm. still kind of coming out of that. How has that affected not just your athletics, but your academics and the, the journalism side of things? Oh, man, COVID. I hate to say this because in the journalism world, it's so cliche, but COVID messed up and changed a lot of things. So last year, we essentially were all virtual in terms of schooling and uh, doing interviews. So I did a lot of phone call interviews last year, which was really weird to me because I couldn't get that face-to-face -face interaction. And you can ask any reporter, like having to be on the phone with your, your interviewee is kind of weird and detached. You can still get good quotes and make a good story if you try hard enough. But yeah, just losing that face-to-face -face contact was really weird. And then for school, uh, I'm sure if you ask a lot of students, a lot of people lost a lot of motivation to come to school because it was online. We could stay home and not see anybody. Or if you're hybrid, it's kind of like a waste of time. You're just kind of, oh, I have to get up this one day and go in when I'm not even supposed to be in class. Um, so it definitely made it hard for academic and journalistic 
point of views for sure. So tell us a little bit about the Missourian. So you mentioned being a journalist and, you know, doing some interviews through COVID. So what was it like, you know, getting on the Missourian? You know, I think a lot of students, they may read the paper every week that comes out, but they have no idea what it actually goes into to actually make the paper. So what's, what's practicum like for the Missourian? So uh, I actually have a meeting today at around 4, 4.30, where we meet up with practicum students and make sure we have our stories in line and uh, make sure they're coming in for production tomorrow. And we talk about what's going to be in next week's paper today. And then tomorrow is kind of our crunch deadline. Everybody should have their stories in before 7 p.m. But, you know, sometimes people get busy. We're college students, so things fall behind. Maybe you didn't get an interview in time and you have to wait until later to write the story. So we stay in the newsroom all night, tomorrow night, uh, making sure that stories are edited, pushed through edits, and then we make sure they can fit on a page and... You know, that's kind of the most hectic because we're kind of waiting, but also trying to do as much as we can while we're waiting. So it's a weird little push and pull, but I, I definitely have loved being on the Missourian for the last, yes, is this my fifth semester? So, yeah. When you're going and getting an interview and or, you know, writing a, an article or feature piece or something, talk us through your process. What is your process for doing that? I guess my process lasts year was kind of weird with COVID. I would somehow get these people's phone numbers. So I'd have to text them a long message like, hey, I'm Corbin Smith. I'm a sports reporter for the Northwest Missourian. I got your number through so-and-so just to make sure that they're in like, oh, this is some creep. <laughs> so I would set that up. But even before that, I'd make sure I did my research. Like I covered Maryville High School track and field over the spring. And I made sure Whatever meets they had, I looked through their performances, saw who the best athletes were, and that's how I figured out who I would um, interview. And so I wrote down a list of questions for two athletes that I wanted to interview and then the coach because coach's point of view is always important. So I always interviewed him every single week. And from then on, I made sure that we scheduled a time. And then when we got into the interview, made sure they were having a good week, good day, just because... You know, it's nice to ask people how they're doing it and don't jump right into business, you know, and then ask the questions, make sure I'm paying attention to them. And uh, at the end of any interview, I ask, is there anything else you'd like to say for this week's paper? And if not, then great. If they do, then I have that extra bit of information to put in. And then I say, thank you for your time. Have a good week. And I'll be in touch with you again soon. So what do you want to do with this? experience that you're gaining? What's your, what's your goal after you graduate? This is kind of like a, a lower entry level example of what I want to do. I definitely want to work my way through the ranks and become a sports reporter for higher paid athletes, I guess, professional athletes for sure. And to be more specific, I really want to uh, travel the world and interview professional track athletes. Since I'm a track athlete, this is my passion. I would love to continue writing about track. So I would love to interview them and make sure that they're known outside of their sport. I really love getting to know the nitty gritty about people and, you know, what they're like outside of their sport. So um, I definitely want to progress and become a professional writer for professional teams and or individual athletes. 
I think it's interesting. We interviewed a, another sports reporter uh, from the Missouri and Andrew Wagley. So I'll link to the YouTube video for those watching on YouTube. But uh, just like him, you also, I, I kind of know you more for your opinion pieces that you've written for the Missouri, your kind of commentary. So what those are completely different than writing sports. So what's it been like, you know, writing those? And you've had some really, really fantastic ones, you know, in the last couple of years dealing with, with race on campus as that's been a, you know, an elevated issue. So what's it been like with those as well? It's been interesting. Uh, the type of comments I get in person are very uplifting. And like my friends have banded around me. I've made a lot of new friends on campus, especially with the Black community and the community of color here. And it's been really nice. However, you start to get online and you start to see some people who hide behind a keyboard or Facebook is blowing up something about how my opinion's wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. I haven't experienced Maryville well enough, but it's really, I, I just realized this. It's really not about the Maryville community. It's about America as a whole and kind of small towns. And I've even felt some of the, some of the things I wrote in one of my articles about Maryville is something I feel in Kansas city, certain parts of Kansas city. And it's just interesting the type of response I get from people. I, I mean, I like it because it tells me that I'm doing my job. I'm getting people to read that. I'm, I'm like, they don't have to take it in. They don't have to learn from it, but at least I'm doing my job of educating them in a productive way instead of yelling at somebody, Hey, you're a racist. Hey, you hate people of color, which is not productive at all. Like I'm actually using my talents, my preferred method of communication to talk to people and let people know this is how we're feeling. And in a way they're responding and telling me how they're feeling. It's just not in an equally productive manner, in my opinion. So, so how do you process those? Do you just not look at the comments? Do you just kind of take them and let them roll off? What, like what's your, what's your preferred mode of like just processing that feedback? Um, I would like to say that I can just brush it off, not even look at it, but it's kind of, it's hard to s explain it, but I like looking at the comments. It, it hurts to read them, of course, because it's invalidation. Like you're telling me that my experiences, my beliefs are not true, but I like looking at them because it proves to me that people are reading. So I just kind of look at it. I, I feel that sting a little bit. And that just kind of gives me motivation. Like, hey, you're doing the right thing. If you have anything else that you need to explain, don't feel like you need to, but you have venues and motivation to do it. So I kind of just look at that. And then anytime I think of that, I think of all the positives I have because I have people that are in my corner. I have a platform that I can stand on so that when people try and drag me down, they keep me up. So the, the positive comments definitely help me as well because I've gotten a lot more positive comments than I have negative. So I try and focus on that and how the people that support me want to see me do better. So I'm going to keep doing better for the people who want to see me do better. That seems like a really healthy way to approach it, to look at <laughs> it. So I think that's a good strategy. One question I have, you know, you mentioned you're, you're, you're a collegiate athlete, you run track, you work at the newspaper, you mentioned being there all night tomorrow night. How do you manage your time? Like just hearing that, my mind is just blown that you can keep all the balls in the air to juggle. So how, how do you do that? Do you have a system? Is it just, you know, sheer willpower? You know, how do you do it? Definitely time management uh, is key. Uh, if you're a student athlete, time management is already important. But if you're a student athlete that happens to have a job on campus, it's like you have no choice or you're going to either implode or you're 
going to miss a bunch of things. So it's funny because right behind my computer, I have my calendar for the month. I update it every month. And then I have my Missourian meeting schedule to make sure that I always have something to look at to tell me what I need to be doing. So it's really something as easy as writing down whatever you have as soon as you have it and making sure it gets on the calendar that you can see. And that's what I do. Once I get something, I make sure that it's in somewhere that I see so that whenever I'm going through my stages of the day, I can know I've hit this, this, and this. That means this is coming up so that I have to do this. I kind of section off everything. And that helps me. Sometimes I'm not so good at it. And sometimes I let things fall through the cracks, but that's just how college life goes. But that's the easiest way that I've found for me, just putting everything in a list or listing it out and then hitting it, check like a a checklist, just going down the list. If you had advice for maybe incoming freshmen or underclass students, what would you share with them to help them be successful on their journey here? You kind of have to figure it out on your own. Like I've had wonderful people that have helped me along. So I guess I'd say find wonderful people to help you and just go out there, experience it and stay focused for sure. Experience it, do as much as you can and learn from all of the experiences you have because college, especially nowadays with COVID is a very strange land to learn things, but it's definitely taught me more than it has been the 18 years that I lived with my parents and went to the same schools with the same people I knew. So definitely go out, experience, uh, love it, have fun with it. And if you aren't having fun with it and you're not forced to be here, like go do something that will make you happy and will make you successful in life, honestly. Okay. I'm going to ask a weird question. (laughs) Go ahead. I love weird questions. (laughs) I ran track in the seventh grade and I was on a relay team, but I think the thing that I could not do the best would be hurdles. Like, why (laughs) did you choose hurdles? And just how does that work? How do you train for hurdles? Like, why did you choose hurdles? Kind of talk, talk me through the nuances of that sport. Man, you kind of opened Pandora's box because I could talk about track for hours. (laughs) So quick little tidbit about me. I started track and field when I was six years old and I've been running ever since. And my older brother had done hurdles. And so whenever I got into track, he had been hurdling for some odd years. And that just was like, oh, my older brother is really cool. And my older sister also hurdles and she's really cool. So I want to hurdle and be really cool. (laughs) And I just fell in love with it. And my dad has been in track since he was in high school, um, even before high school, actually. And he ran collegiately. So really just growing up, it was like hurdles just became my happy place. And whenever I hurdle, I just feel like I'm actually expressing myself and I'm actually succeeding. So to train for hurdles. How do I get over a hurdle? Like I just, I'm like, like run up to it and I just cannot get my head (laughs) to like get my leg over the hurdle. Yeah. So a fun little thing us hurdles like to say is that you really just have to get over it literally and figuratively. Um, Hurdling is so mental that a lot of people can't do it. So once you break past those mental barriers of like, oh, this thing is kind of tall. Like, I don't think I can get over it. Then it becomes second nature and it's super easy. So I would say just train. I mean, you definitely have to learn the technique, which took me years and years and years to develop. And I'm still learning, but if you just get over it and you just get used to the motion of getting over a hurdle, it'll get faster and you'll get stronger. You'll get used to it. So 
Are there any like high performing hurdlers who have like a weird technique? Yeah. If you look at any of fastest hurdlers in history, they definitely have weird form. Karsten Barholm, uh, he just broke the 400 hurdle world record this summer at the Olympics. He has a very aggressive style of hurdling. He He's able to hold it all the way around. So that's important, but he, it's kind of wonky. It's kind of wild a little bit, uh, but it works for him. And then the world record holder in the 110 hurdles, Aries Merritt, does a little like swimming arm movement, which I've been told I'm not supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> so, but obviously he's the fastest to ever do it. So it works for him. Um, some people like to, it's hard to explain. Some people like to throw their arms differently. Some people kind of dip more in their hips. Uh, some people kind of stand up taller. I mean, there's like a general way to hurdle, but once you get the basics down, you can kind of mix and match to make it work for, for yourself. So it's good to know that that gave me a little bit of hope that maybe some, <laughs> like maybe one day I might be able to try it. I would think rhythm is part of it as well, because if you're doing a 400, there's evenly space. So if you get that rhythm to run, jump, run, jump, because yeah, that's, I would not be able to do it just for that because I have zero rhythm. I have <laughs> negative rhythm actually. So, but oh, I would think that's part of it. You just kind of get in the groove and then you, and 400 gives you plenty of space to do that to where exactly, 100, you yeah. don't have that. So trust me, there's plenty of hurdlers on the Northwest team that cannot dance. Um, so. <laughs> And they still, they're still killing it every day at practice. They kill it at meets. Shout out to my 400 crew, uh, 400 hurdle crew, but like, man, they can't dance, <laughs> but they can hurdle, but they can hurdle for sure. All right. Anything else for us? I don't think so. Do you guys have anything else for me? I'll, I'm ready to talk for as long as you guys need me to. <laughs> so where, where can they find your stuff? Your, your stories are on the Missourian website and then new papers come out every Thursday, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I like to... Uh, post my own stories from time to time whenever I write them on my Twitter uh, at curly underscore Corbs. If they want to check that out, I definitely don't like plugging my own stuff. So that was kind of weird. But uh, if they want to read the stuff that I have and maybe get mad at what I write, then go ahead. Or you can go to the Missourian and search Corbin Smith and all my stuff should show up. Awesome. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Corbin. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time.